we will read verses from 7 on to 11. Revelation 12, verse 7. And there was war in heaven. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. And the dragon fought and his angels. And prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, and his angels were cast out with him. And I heard a loud voice saying in heaven, Now is come salvation and strength, and the kingdom of our God and the power of his Christ. For the accuser of our brethren is cast down, which accused them before our God day and night. And they overcame him by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of their testimony, and they loved not their lives unto the death. We know the Lord will bless that reading of his own divine and inspired precious word this evening in our ears. But let's just bow in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you for the ministry and song and praise and worship. We thank you for the ministry of Encounter Grace tonight. Thank you, Lord, there is only one life will soon be passed. It's only what's done for Christ will last. Thank you, Lord, that those of us who are saved can take those words and think about them and ponder them because, Lord, we believe you're coming soon. Lord, those who are not saved and not right with you, away from you, separate from you by their sin, Pray tonight, O God, that you would call them and draw them, convict them, and bring them to the foot of the cross by the power of your Spirit. Lord, tonight we give you praise and honor and glory for you alone are worthy of it all. So settle us tonight, Lord. Open our hearts and our minds, Lord, and enable us to receive the engrafted word which is able to save the soul. And, oh God, would you help this man of frailty and clayless to speak well of thy Son and to rightly divide this word of truth unto this people. May we leave here informed. May we leave here knowing more than what we did when we came in. More of your Son, more of your glory, and, Lord, more of thy word. We ask it for Jesus' name's sake. And for his glory alone. Amen. In Revelation chapter 12, in verse 7, starts us off with, And there was war in heaven. Note that. And there was war in heaven. Now we think of heaven as of a place which is a place of tranquility, a place of love, a place of peace, a place of joy. There are those who read this portion of Scripture and some people believe this is yet to come in the future. Now, if that be so, then there's going to be a war in heaven after Christ has been crucified and risen from the dead and is seated at the right hand of the Father. I don't think that would be right. I don't think heaven would be heaven at all if that's their theology on this. And there are those who think that this happened 
in the sense that it happened in AD 70 and nothing else is left to happen because Jerusalem was sacked, the temple was torn down, and all of this represented it. But I don't know how. can't see it. But rather, I believe that this war in heaven happened in antiquity. This war in heaven happened and Satan was cast to the earth. The devil was cast out of heaven and he was cast out onto the earth. When we think of heaven and the peace and the joy, listen to what Revelation 21 and verse 4 says about heaven. It's just one verse from many verses. It says, And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. That's a good reason to want to be in heaven. All tears from their eyes. And there shall be no more death. Praise God for that. Neither sorrow nor crying. Neither shall there be any more pain. Praise the Lord for that. For the former things are past away. Now this is all real and this is all true. But in our reading it says, And there was war in heaven. Now, some people think it's future. Can you imagine war being in heaven now? I can't. I don't know where they come from in this. Apparently, they say that the church is raptured and this war happens in heaven. Do you read that somewhere? I don't know. I can't read it anywhere else. But rather, and these are theologians that I've read concerning this while writing this. And there was war in heaven. What caused the war? I believe it's in antiquity. It has happened and it passed. And what caused the war? And what happened to the devil and his angels when they came to earth? I believe this is in antiquity because in verse 9 it says, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent, notice called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And, and, And the serpent was the one who came to Eve in the Garden of Eden. So it had to be from before. The serpent came and beguiled Eve and then, of course, she gave Adam and he fell and he sinned. So what caused a war in heaven? Will you turn with me, please, to the book of Ezekiel? The book of Ezekiel, chapter 28, for a few verses. Ezekiel, chapter 28 and verse 11. Let me tell you what caused the war in heaven while you're looking that up. Pride. Pride caused the war in heaven. Pride caused the war between two armies of angels. Ezekiel chapter 28, please, and verse 11. Now the Lord is speaking through Ezekiel to a literal man in the Isle of Tyre, which is just off the coast where Lebanon would be today. And it was a stronghold. It was a, a wicked place. It was an idolatrous place. It was a sinful place. It was a type of Sodom and Gomorrah and Babylon all rolled into one. So small an area. And so God is speaking to the king of Tyre. Notice this. Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him, Thus saith the Lord God, Thou sealest up the sum, full of wisdom and perfect in beauty. 
What way is that for the Lord to talk to a man? Strange, isn't it? Now I continue with me. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. The man, the king of Tyrus, was never in Eden, the garden of God. The devil was in Eden, the garden of God. When Adam and Eve were in Eden, the garden of God. The devil was there. I take note of this. Thou hast been in Eden, the garden of God. Very precious stone was thy covering, the sardis, the topaz, and the diamond, the barrel, the onyx, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, and the carbuncle, and gold. The workmanship of thy tablets and of thy pipes was prepared in thee in the day that thou wast created. So the Lord has taken up a lamentation to this wicked man, this what we would call today world leader of the known world there or the local world. This world leader called the king of Tyre, the king of Tyrus. And as he's speaking to the man of flesh and blood, he's saying, you were in Eden. I wasn't in Eden, but the force behind you, the guiding spirit that's leading you, was in the Garden of Eden. Who was that force behind him for all of the wickedness? Who was the one that guided him who was in the Garden of Eden? But the devil who was cast out of heaven in Revelation chapter 12. Notice this, there are pipes in him. All these precious stones were on him. Now that's for our understanding. It could be something that's even greater than we know. All of these precious stones were in him. Tablets and pipes were in him. Let's read on for a moment in verse 14. Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth. So the man, the king of Tyre, is not an anointed cherub, is he? So he's speaking to a force that is leading this government leader. I want you to catch that. He's speaking to a spirit that is guiding, that is prompting this governmental leader. Now, when you think of all the government leaders, and you think of the Illuminati, and you think of the elitists that are in the world, if you think they're doing that just because, well, they're a little bit evil, but they're just good really deep down, there are spirits who are guiding these people. Demonic spirits, leading them, prompting them, directing them, and guiding them, just like the king of Tyre. In fact, if the king of Tyre was alive today, he would be in the G20. He would be in the, the WEF, and the WHO. He would be in one of those organizations like NATO or the UN. He would be one of these world leaders of his day. He would be a world leader today. And the Lord is saying, your wickedness in what you're doing in the nations and your wickedness, what you're doing against Israel and your wickedness of what you are doing in the earth. The Lord says, I know you. God spoke to the spirit behind him. The spirit that was in him. The devil. Take note here, thou art that anointed cherub that covereth. Notice, and I have set thee so, thou wast upon the holy mountain of God, and thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. The Lord is saying here, you were in heaven, in the mountain of God, or the mountain of my presence before my throne. You were created by me with all of these precious stones and the tablets and the pipes. And what the Lord is saying is here, 
You were the anointed cherub that covered my glory, lest my glory consume the angels of heaven. Here he is, this anointed cherub. And this anointed cherub covers with the wings. How do you know? Because the cherub is on the Ark of the Covenant. Two cherubs on the lid of the covenant touch wing to wing and the glory of God comes down in the tabernacle in the wilderness. And the glory of God would come between those two cherubs that were on the Ark of the Covenant, on the lid of it. And when the glory of God came down, it was the shape and the shield. The high priest of Israel would be able to stand in the presence of God because of the blood on the mercy seat. How do you and I ever expect to stand before such a holy God unless we're washed in the blood of the Lamb, unless we're covered in the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ, trusting in the blood to stand in his presence. That's why when Christ returns the dead and Christ will rise first, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together to meet the Lord in the air. That's in First Thessalonians chapter 4, 1 Corinthians 15. Paul tells us that this mortal shall put on immortality. This corruptible shall put on incorruption. You know why? Because our flesh can't stand in the presence of God. We're going to have a new body that we can stand in the presence of God. You notice here that this anointed cherub is the devil. He is Satan. He is Lucifer. And he was in the very presence of the Lord. Notice verse 15. Thou was perfect. God made him beautiful. God made him perfect. That's why he says, you're full of beauty. And he gave him wisdom. God imputed these things into him. Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created till iniquity. Mark it on your Bible. He says, you were perfect and God gave you a will, he says to the devil. I gave you a will, made you beautiful, gave you high standing order among the cherubims. You were the anointed cherub that covered. And then he says, you were perfect in all thy ways and until the day that thou, thou was created, until iniquity was found in thee. Notice, and by the multitude of thy merchandise, they have filled the midst of thee with violence. Thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering cherub, from the midst of the stones of fire. In other words, you tried to corrupt heaven. You tried to corrupt the angels of God. And now he's saying, you're found down on the earth. You know where he's corrupting tonight? the nations of the world. He's corrupting the nations of the world. He's marred and he's blinding the eyes of men and women lest they behold the light of the glorious gospel of Christ who is the image of God that would shine unto them and they should be saved. Take note here. Notice the merchandise. We have in time a few Go home and you read Revelation 16 into 17 and 18. You'll see the fall of great Babylon and the dragon who we speak of in Revelation 12. Here's the devil gives the power to ecclesiastical, ecumenical, one-worlder religion. It gives the power to 
uh, uh, financial system of the world. And of course, it gives the power to the national or the nations that are against God. Take note here. In Revelation chapter, pardon me, in Ezekiel chapter 17, underline this. Thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Ezekiel 28 verse 17, thine heart was lifted up. There's his pride. I'm the great anointed cherub that covers. Look how beautiful I am and I shield the glory of God. The pipes are believed to be that as the angels worship, they magnified and amplified the worship in heaven. And I'm in the highest rank in the mountain of God. And here I am covering the glory that you lesser angels don't be concerned. He started to be puffed up and filled with pride. And thine heart was lifted up because of thy beauty. Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness. Paul tells us in the Corinthian letters that, that even the, the ministers of, of so-called gospel messages, that, that the ministers of religion can be seen as an angel of light, but it's really Satan transformed. And here's his brightness, and he uses it to attract people. He uses the brightness to, 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 to deflect people. He uses the brightness to blind the people. And it comes in many, many avenues of the world. It comes in various religions, and it comes in, in various denominations, and it comes through various so-called ministers, and it comes in many different ways. I think and I can't help but think of those who are being led astray by many different religions of the world. And the Bible tells us that Jesus is the only way. That Christ alone is the only way to heaven. That he alone is the only way to the Father. And he alone is the only Savior. He alone is the only one who paid our debt in Calvary. The Bible tells us this. Yet people who claim even to be Christian will not preach the unsearchable riches of Christ. Calvary is the unsearchable riches of Christ. The blood is the unsearchable riches of Christ. The power of the blood the efficacy of the blood, the atonement of the blood, the cleansing of the blood is the unsearchable riches of Christ. Men refuse to preach him. Men refuse to teach the word about him. Turn with me to Revelation 12. We'll not stay there any longer for time is flying. Revelation 12. Notice what it says in verse 8. So these two angel armies are fighting. Michael and his angels fought against the dragon. The dragon fought and his angels. Notice verse 8 says, And prevailed not, neither was there place found any more in heaven. In other words, they're kicked out of heaven. They're not allowed back in. Neither was there found any place for them. There's no repentance here. 
That boat has sailed. That's gone. There's no repentance to be found. Can I ask you something? If God has been speaking to you and God has been dealing with you and God has shown you your need of the Savior, what would happen if my spirit would not strive with man? What if that happened? What What if he stopped speaking? Pharaoh used to say to Moses, go take your people after the plague one and plague two and plague three and plague four, five, six, seven, eight and nine. Oh, take them and get out of my way. Get out of Egypt. Get Israel out of Egypt. And it's no longer at the left of the door and starting their plans to leave. It says, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. And Pharaoh hardened his heart, and Pharaoh hardened his heart, and Pharaoh hardened his heart, and Pharaoh hardened his heart. And by the time it came to the end, it says, And God hardened Pharaoh's heart. God hardened his heart. Oh, Sir Lady, what if you've been striving with God, and God has been striving with you too long? And someday you might just have your own heart hardened because you were all for, yes, I know I need a savior. I know I need saved. But then suddenly you realize, uh, it doesn't matter tonight. and It doesn't matter. We'll wait for another time and another day. After all, maybe I could be living for another 20 years and miss out on all the fun. By the time you get there, God has hardened your heart and there's found no place in heaven for you. That's frightening, isn't it? To think that God would harden your heart and there'd be found no place in heaven for you. Take note of this. Verse 9, And the great dragon was cast out, that old serpent called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. And he was cast out into the earth and his angels were cast out with him. So here they're cast out, the war in heaven between two angel armies. Found no place for them in heaven anymore. That's them gone, they're lost, they're under judgment. What the Lord Jesus said in Luke chapter 10 and in verse 18, he says, I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Now here's the thing. This tells me two things. First of all, this proves the deity of Christ. There's an onslaught recently now coming, especially through social media, against the deity of Christ. First of all, he says, I saw Satan as lightning fall from heaven to earth. He was throughout. That means he was there. Jesus didn't start at Bethlehem, you know. He's the eternal everlasting God. Son of God. Notice here, it's his deity. And secondly, it proves to us that he's still in control. He's still on the throne. Take note of this. In Revelation 12 and verse 10, it says, the accuser of our brethren is cast down at the end of the verse. Notice, cast down. And then in verse 13, it says, and, the dra- and when the dragon saw that he was cast onto the earth, he persecuted the woman 
which brought forth the man-child. Now, this woman isn't Mary. And this woman isn't the Catholic Church. And this woman isn't the Protestant Church either, some people like to think. This woman is Israel. Can I ask you a question? Did Jesus give birth to the church or did the church give birth to Jesus? Jesus gave birth to the church. So how can the woman, if it's the church of any denomination or shape or size, how can it give birth to Jesus? This is ancient Israel giving birth to the man-child Christ Jesus. And the dragon wants to destroy him. I'm not even talking about the nation of Israel today. I'm talking about ancient Israel here. The woman is found in Revelation 12, and she has stars around her and the sun at her head and the moon at her feet. And this proves to us it's Israel because in the book of Genesis tells us that. We'll look at it in a moment. But it tells us that in verse 13 that the devil was cast unto the earth. Notice here, remember Job? There was a day when the sons of God came before God. And everybody says, where's the angels in heaven? Okay, if that's what you believe. The sons of God came before God and, and Satan came also. So Satan went into heaven when there was found no place for him in heaven. He's back in heaven. Doesn't make sense. That's another story. I'll have to teach that some other time. But this is what, this is what the Lord says. Whence comest thou? And Satan says, from walking up and down in the earth and going to and fro in it. From walking up and down in the earth and going to and fro in it. And this is, this is where he was. And, and Peter tells us in 1 Peter 5 and 8, to be sober, it means to be vigilant. In the days that we live in, we must be vigilant. In the days of all sorts of evil and depravity, all sorts of laws being passed against the word of God, against the Christ of God, against the church of God, against the preaching of the gospel of Christ, we must be sober and vigilant. Church has been asleep for the last two or three years. There's no voice hardly heard anywhere. People are afraid to stand up and speak out for the name of Christ. Be sober, be vigilant. Listen, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, runneth about seeking whom he may devour. And Job, he's up and down the earth going to and fro. Peter says he's roaming about looking to devour us. Do you see the spirit that's behind the, the wickedness today in our nation? So where did the devil and his, his angels have fought this war in heaven? Where did they go? They came to earth. They came to earth. It's a spiritual warfare. Many Christians today are, well, you know, as long as I'm going to have them all right. You know what Jesus said? He says, occupy till I come. You're meant to be an overcomer. You're meant to be more than a conqueror. You're meant to be a victor, not a victim. Take note of what it says here. Turn with me to Psalm 10, please. I'm only going to lift out a verse or two here for time's sake. The sin of pride in heaven has resulted in the sin 
unto death on earth. I want, you to, I want you to understand this. I want you to get this. The sin of pride in heaven resulted in the sin unto death on earth. Psalm 10, just verse 2. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in their devices they have imagined. Let's read it again. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in their devices they have imagined. See the word wicked there? The word wicked is a word, roshah, roshah. And it means, listen, those who are morally wrong, what morals? Morals of God's moral commandments of the Ten Commandments. Morally wrong. But are you ready? This is what the wicked means. Those who are high up and are criminals. Criminals in high places. Criminals in big pharma. Criminals in big government. Criminals passing the laws and the rules and the regulations. Criminals who look the part but have another spirit that's behind it all. Take note of this. The wicked, the roshah, the criminal, the morally wrong, and it means those or them who are hostile to God. Now, do you think that whenever there's laws being passed that are against the word of God, they love the Lord? They're hostile to God. Notice this. The wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. And if you would look at this word pure with me just for a second before we move on. <clears throat> Pardon me. It's the word all knee. And it means those who are humble and the more lowly in society. In other words, the five eights, the, 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 if, if it's the blue collar or, or the working class people. And there are those who are in society, those who are in governmental bodies and the great dragon who is the serpent and the devil called Satan, he, he has come down. And he is, through his merchandise, through the, the banking system of the, the Bilderbergers, of the Soros, the Bill Gates Foundation. Can we go on and on and on? The wicked in high echelons of places of the elitists of the world who are hostile to God and who hate the Word of God and the Christ of God. They persecute the ordinary five-eighths like you and me. You know what that means? They tell us to stay in. They tell us we're not allowed out. They tell us to mask up and shut up. And listen, it's not done yet. It's not finished yet. Do you know the wickedness of man in this earth? Do you know what they've done in Australia? 
that witch just sent out over there. And she is one. I'm not going to apologize for that. You know what they've done? They've passed a law that you can dissect a baby as it's being born out of the womb. Actually dissect the living baby coming out of the womb to abort it. That's what they've done. They'll burn in hell. Pride is in all of our hearts if we're not careful. And yesterday was a parade in Belfast of, of pride. Nothing to be proud of. Notice here. It says, For the wicked in his pride doth persecute the poor. Let them be taken in their devices they have imagined. See, their devices, that means their intents, their plots, their plans, their inventions, their evil machinations, all of their thoughts is just wickedness. Listen, Psalm 9 and 17 says, The wicked shall be turned into hell and the nations that forgot God. I trust tonight there's no one here that will be turned into hell because you forgot God. In Psalm 10 and verse 4, if you're still on the psalm, please look at it with me. It says, The wicked through the pride of his countenance will not seek after God. God is not in all his thoughts. In other words, God is not in his thoughts at all. You think they're having a prayer meeting in the G20 before they go in and make all sorts of monetary decisions? Do you think you're, do you think that they're having wonderful prayer meetings and seeking the counsel of God in, in places like the, 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 the WEF, the World Economic Federation? Do you think that they're thinking of this? Do you think that NATO, whenever they're poking a Russian bear, that they're praying about it? Should it be right? I know this is heavy, but brothers and sisters, this is what's happening in your world. This is what's behind it all. Some say, and it's true, in some portion, parts of Scripture, when you read Satan, it actually does mean the flesh, a person. Not all the time as we see tonight. In Proverbs 16 and 5, it says, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Notice, if you're looking at it, Psalm 16, or pardon me, Proverbs 16 and verse 5, Everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. I think of the people that thronged Belfast City Centre yesterday. I was meant to go and I was told it was cancelled. I didn't know it was on. Not to the pride of me, not to the protest, pardon me. (laughs) No. (laughs) I'm meant to the protest, sorry. They were 
preaching at it and I was going down to preach and I, I was told it wasn't on and it didn't go then and I seen there was some there I think there was a bit of a mistake but the police listen the police had actually take, taken uh, and come to the organizers and they said that they could not they could not protect them if they were to be attacked in the street in the heart of Belfast right outside the city hall on your own head be it more or less That's what they said. Notice here, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination to the Lord. And that's just not like of yesterday. That's proud in heart for everyone. But we have to watch our hearts that we don't become swelled up and and we don't become something that we think we are and we're not. And we, we don't become this. But notice, though hand join in hand, he shall not be unpunished. Hand join in hand, that gives the idea of unity, of oneness, and of strength. The idea here, if we look at it, the WEF and the WHO, NATO and the UN and the European Union, I've been preaching about the European Union for years and years now and I've been called all sorts of things. The last time we went to go to Portadown Town Hall to preach on it for two nights, we were threatened with our lives just before that day and we were threatened uh, for our lives if we went in that they were going to break into it and they were going to kill us, kill me. And the people in the town hall brought us in and they said, what do you want to do? And I said, we're going ahead. We're going to preach it. And Margaret got saved. <laughs> Margaret got saved at it, so I'm glad it went. This is the world we're living in, that even the, the, the people who are being dominated, who are being blinded, don't realize they're dominated. They don't realize they're blinded according to the course of this world, according to the power of the prince of the air, the devil. Don't realize it. There's going to be someone here tonight and you're not saved. You're being dominated by the devil. You're being dominated by wicked forces. You're being dominated by the world. But these people in high places, when they join hand in hand, you know what they're doing? They're rebuilding Babel, the Tower of Babel. Genesis 11, Nimrod, the anti-God or anti-Christ, who reveals himself in Scripture. Genesis 11, read it when you go home. He says, let us build a tower unto God that we might reach, or unto heaven that we might reach God. Let's build it up. Let's make a name for ourselves, he says. It says Nimrod was a mighty hunter before God. That doesn't mean to say that he was just a hunter where he hunted animals. It meant anyone who came against what he purported, anyone who withstood his law, Nimrod's law, Nimrod of the Babylonian mysteries, Nimrod was an antichrist, Nimrod was off the devil, Nimrod built the tower, and guess what? God came down and he smashed it. Now listen, brothers and sisters, they're trying to do it again. Hand is joining in hand. They're all gathering together again. Why? Because the devil knows he has but a short time because the Lord is coming soon. (laughs) Brothers and sisters, are you not glad you're saved tonight? Come on, brothers and sisters, would you shout amen? Amen. Come on, shout it again, would you? We're saved. Praise God for that child. 
whoever you were, God bless you. Saved. We're prepared. We're ready for when Christ returns. Notice. You turn with me to Isaiah 14, please. Notice the pride of the heart of this spirit that's behind here. This spirit here is behind the Babylonian heart. This is still the dragon. This is the one who's in the book of Revelation, given his power to governments and to the, the high-ranking bank, banking officials. Listen, see your government. See like a Westminster. It's a cesspit. I know it is. You know what it is. It's rotten to the core. It's one of the worst governments in the whole world. You know that? I don't even look at other people. It is. It's rotten. But I can tell you something. I can tell you this. It doesn't really matter about the EU or about the British government or the Doyle down south. It doesn't matter about Washington. They make the rules and yes, they run the country. But do you see the, the elitists, the banking system, do you know what they do? They rule the world. They work them like puppets on a string. We don't care how you treat your people. We don't care what you do as long as you do what we want you to do. And the governments carry it out because then their funding stops. See, the lobbyist groups are joining hand in hand. And you know what the Word of God says? They shall not go unpunished. They'll not go unpunished. There's not a sinner that will not go unpunished. And these people of wickedness will not go unpunished. Notice Isaiah 14, verse 12. How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? How art thou cut down to the ground which did weaken the nations? Thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. The five I wills of Lucifer. People, there's people who say, well, this isn't, they, they, they try and dig up rare words to say this isn't uh, the devil. Some even say that they think that this was Jesus. They're the like of it. He doesn't have to be, I will ascend. He is. He isn't, I will be, or I was. He says, I am. The Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending, the first and the last. Some of these men are trying to corrupt the Christ that we love and serve. The five I wills, Lucifer, I will, I will, I will, I will, I will. Listen to what God says in verse 15. Yet, Thou shalt be brought down to hell by the sides of the pit. Proverbs 16 and 18 says that pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. And brothers and sisters, when we think of these things, listen to what Baxter says in his commentary on this. So far as any man is proud... He is kin to the devil and a stranger to God and to himself. So in Revelation 12, verse 7, two opposing sides, war between two angel armies. And there was war in heaven. 
Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels. Now, again, you read on in Revelation, you'll see it's this dragon, 16, 17, and 18, and it's this dragon who's given, and the 13 even before that, I think it is my, or after that, my memory serves me right, the dragon scene. But 16, 17 to 18, this whole system of this Babylonian world antichrist system is falling. It says Babylon the great is fallen, is fallen. It's all going to fall. The banking system's going to fall. Do you know the AIB have now uh, stopped you being able to lift cash out of any of their banks? Do you know that? Has anybody got a few million in the bank? It's building fun Sunday, by the way. Because you see, if they can get everyone to be cashless, here's what they do. They can track you and everything you spend. They, for your money, they will allow you to take so much. It's communism, you see. They'll start feeding you what they want you to have out of your own pocket, your own money. And you might go in to pay for something. They'll say, no, you've had enough this week. That's what's coming. Is coming. But again, the Lord is coming. The Lord is coming. Daniel chapter 2, blame was on it last week. And Nebuchadnezzar has a dream. And the dream of an image of a man with a head of gold, breast and arms of silver, body of brass, legs of iron, and feet of iron, part of iron and part of clay. And Daniel interprets the dream, and this is what he said to Nebuchadnezzar in Babylon Thou art this head of gold. There's their gold standard, you see. That's it now, the gold standard for monetary system. Thou art this head of gold. That was the Babylonian kingdom. And there'll come another kingdom, paraphrasing for time, there'll come another kingdom inferior to yours, yet it overtook his kingdom. It was called the Medes and the Persians. That was the silver kingdom. Medes, Persians, two arms of the dream of the man. And then there was the bronze kingdom that would come. Alexander the Great. Then the Iron Kingdom came. The Iron, the legs of iron is the Roman Empire, the pagan Rome, right into where Christ has come through the virgin's womb, through Mary, and is born into this earth. Feet of iron and clay stretches right out. Ten regions around Rome. And they last right up to the regions that they're European unions in tonight. But here's what it says. Daniel says, and I saw, I saw a stone cut out without hands. It wasn't a brick, it was a stone cut out without hands. It wasn't man-made brick, but it was a stone without hands. No, nobody's hand was on it. You know why? Because he says it smashes the image at its feet and all of the metals that have been mentioned the, the trait of them all is found at the feet and they all crash down together. And that stone is the stone kingdom of the Lord Jesus Christ. Brothers and sisters, we have seen that at play throughout. We have seen this happening in the earth today and now we're awaiting for the Lord to come to smash it at its fiery feet. I must hurry because time is gone. Is everybody all right for a wee while yet? Everybody okay for a wee while yet? Give me a wee while. I'm going to try and round this up. 
Michael means who is like God. And some people say, well, Michael is Jesus. No, it's not. I'll tell you why. Because the angels would say, don't worship me, worship God to John in Revelation. And I'll tell you why it's not. Because Jesus isn't like God. He is God. Hello? He is God. And anyway, since he's God, how can a devil stand against the Christ? Devil, or Michael is always linked to ancient Israel. We see him coming to Israel, Judah, in Babylon, in Daniel 10 and Daniel 12. And even into ancient Israel, it says in Jude, the little one chapter epistle, verse 9, Michael and the arc, Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed over the body of Moses, durst not bring against him a reeling accusation, but said, the Lord rebuke ye. So here's Michael and here's the devil. There's the body of Moses. Always linked. Michael's been linked as protector of Israel. So in Revelation 12, the woman Israel is seen in verse 1. Let's look at it briefly. We're just going to round this up. <coughs> Revelation 12, verse 1. And there appeared a wonder in heaven, a woman clothed with the sun and the moon at her feet, and upon her head a crown of twelve stars. And she being with child cried, travailing in birth, and pain to be delivered. And there appeared another wonder in heaven. Behold, a great red dragon having seven heads and ten horns and seven crowns upon his head. And his tail drew the third part of the stars of heaven and did cast them to the earth. And the dragon stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. And she brought forth a man child who was to rule all nations with a rod of iron and her child was caught up unto God and to his throne. See this woman, this woman as I said is Israel. In Genesis chapter 37, we'll not go to it because time's gone. Genesis 37, remember Joseph's dream? And Joseph comes running to his brothers and his brothers hated him because of it. And he went to his dad first, and then he went to his brothers, and he says, listen, I've had a dream. And I saw in my dream there was the sun and the moon and 11 stars bowed down to my one star. He was a wee bit puffed up himself, Joseph, at this time, wasn't he? He was glad it happened, but yet he should have maybe said nothing. And his father says, well, I and your mother... And your brethren bow down to you. So the father and the mother is likened to the sun, the moon, the 11 stars of the other uh, 11 brothers. So it represents Israel. And from Israel, the tribe of Judah comes, the fourth, the child. The dragon tried to kill him through Herod. The dragon tried to kill him through Judas Iscariot, who betrayed him, the beautiful Christ. And of course, after he died, he was caught up to heaven. And there he is our great high priest. So these angels, which kept not their first estate, as Jude would call them. Notice this, Jude, verse 6. The little epistle of Jude, verse 6. The angels, which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains under darkness unto the judgment of the great day. Here, how can these, these angels who are cast out of heaven if they're in everlasting chains and in darkness, how can they be of any problem? Do you ever wonder that? <clears throat> sure, they're tied up, aren't they? They're chained up, they're locked up. 
because it's not in a literal sense as you and I would think. In other words, the everlasting chains of bondage and their everlasting chains of sin are the same chains that you and I have when we are addicted to sin. The same chains of bondage when you and I have failed before God, before we were saved. The same chains of addiction, the same chains of drug addiction, of sex addiction, of gambling addiction, of alcohol addiction. You're bound up because you're a sinner and you need saved and you cannot release yourself. And unless you are saved by the blood of Christ, you will be like these angels under everlasting chains of darkness till you go to the lake of fire. That's what that means. Unless you're saved. Listen to what the Lord says, Matthew 25 and 41. There will be those to whom he will say, these are not angels now, these are people. Depart from me, you cursed into everlasting fire. Listen, prepared for the devil and his angels. Isn't that serious? That's sobering, isn't it? Prepared for the devil and his angels. Matthew 13, you'll find that the Lord sends forth his angels, the angels of God, to be the reapers. Matthew 13 says, While men slept, an enemy came and sowed the terrors among. You see, I actually preached that last year. I think it was last year. While men slept for a couple of nights. And you see, while the world was sleeping, while the church was sleeping, you see, there were men who came and they started sowing among the people. Their governments, the elitists, they were sowing among the people while men were sleeping. And the Lord says, at the time of the end, the angels of God will come and gather up the children of God, but they'll first gather up the tares. And bind them up for the burning, it says. You know, in Luke 15, it says that there's joy in the presence of the angels of God. That's the angels that are left in heaven. There's joy over the pre- in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repents. You know why? Because there's no place found for the other angels that sinned. There's no place in heaven found. There'll be no repentance for them. There's no second chance for them. There's no hope for them. But there is for you. If you call upon the name of the Lord, you'll be saved. Jesus says, if you confess him before man, that is in this life, he will confess you before the angels of God. But if you deny him in this life, he will deny you before the angels of God and say, I don't know you. Brothers and sisters, I think tonight we can see that the world we're living in is getting darker and more dangerous and perilous, as Paul calls it. There's a lot of things that are happening that we don't even know until it's happened. A lot of wickedness that's going on. But we must be sober and awake and aware. Must be alert to these things. We must be biblical in all these things. Are you saved tonight? Do you know Christ tonight? He's coming. Thank God he's coming.
Thank the Lord he's coming. You know, the longer I'm in this world, and I'm being honest, I'm not being, I'm not, I'm not being a prophet of doom and gloom about myself, but I'm being honest. See, the longer I'm in this rotten, stinking world, the more I hate it. Just being honest. The more I hate it, the more I realize I'm not off it. And I was a man who was deep down in it. Are you saved? Are you saved? Are you ready? It's happening all around us. May God bless his word to our hearts tonight. For his name's sake. Counter Grace, will you come and sing?